She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne Rivera Dannert, known as the Fearless Living Coach. And today we have another amazing young lady with us, and she is no stranger to you. We're going to be discussing discovering your purpose through trials and tribulation. And we have some juicy information for you. So make sure that you have your notebook ready and your paper. Your, your notebook is your paper. Your pen and paper ready. And without further ado, let's welcome her back in. Hello. Hi, Marianne. How are, How are you? you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to get used to today's the first day of fall. It is. And it definitely feels like fall. I agree. And I looked at the temperature in Texas and it was like, oh, it's in the 90s. I miss it. It's in uh, um, what, North Carolina? Same thing. Mm. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm. I, I, was, I actually was making a list because I really don't have any winter clothes, no fall clothes for the past five years. I have not been up here. So, right. Welcome back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, how have you been doing? Um, I think stronger every day. You know, there's a, a way to look at things. And um, if we're positive, we're productive. And I think, you know, my goal is to have a productive life. So I try to stay positive. Yeah. I think that's the only thing that can help us face what we're faced with and be able to make take steps forward. Yeah, absolutely. I I just actually got off a phone call that I um, was saying, they're like, do you ever stop? And I'm like, uh, no, no, I, I kind of don't stop because if I stop, then I'm like not productive in the sense of keeping my mind busy, um, focusing. If I sit for too long, I, I tend to... Uh, go back to some of the events that happened this year that I just um, choose not to dwell on too much. Um, I guess uh, without getting too deep too fast, but detachment has been a a word for me this year. And um, I don't like to sit there too long. So I spend the time I needed. And so today between work all day, I have kind of twice the amount of workload because uh, we're short staff, right? <laughs> um, then the podcast and dinner, my son, and I also have a tattoo appointment. So, you know. <laughs> Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping to finish it. That's what I'm hoping for tonight. Ooh, nice. That we'll, we'll talk about that soon. So we had you on the show before. Yes. And we engaged in a great conversation. And I love to and I would love to dig in a little deeper into that conversation. Mm-hmm. So who is Anani? So tell us who you are and what's your story? Well, I am Anani. I am, um, I'm from Rochester, New York, born and raised here, a small city with a 
you know, big attitude, right? And, uh, but my story, I guess it depends on who you ask. It could be made up of a bunch of unfortunate events and bad decisions, or it could be made up of a bunch of um, moments that were, uh, made me an overcomer and, um, you know, challenged me to become a better version of me. So through it all, I mean, there's been addictions, there's been divorce, there's been abuse, there's been mental illness, there's been teen pregnancies, um, instability, you know, depression. So there's been that, but there's also been a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, so with the divorce was marriage, that's a good thing, you know. Um, so, yeah. So talking about the divorce, so talking about the divorce, I know that you were married before, mm -hmm. divorced, remarried, and mm -hmm. that second marriage, unfortunately, did not work out. No. So what did you learn about yourself throughout this process? Um, so <laughs> I can tell you, I learned that I'm not a failure. <laughs> I refuse to, to, to hold on to that. But, um, so yeah, through, through both divorces, there's been, you know, the first one had its own set of problems and traumas. And then the second one, I guess was, um, it was a hope. Uh, it wasn't, uh, a mistake. I don't, I don't want it to say that. Like I, I fell in love again. Um, it didn't work because there was certain issues, I guess, on, 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 on his part that I may have been blinded to because I was still hurting from uh, the previous years. It's not even just the previous relationship. It's the previous years before I met him and it was uh, just refreshing. But um, I learned that like, I think the big thing I learned is I can do hard things and, mm -hmm. and I can be okay. You know, um, I've learned that if you don't let go of something when you're supposed to, something's going to happen that's going to rip it from you. So mm -hmm. for this particular um, situation, specifically the marriage, uh, we should have let go a long time ago. We allowed things and people to convince us that that wasn't the right thing to do. Um, but we knew that in our hearts, it had to have been. Since we didn't let go when we were supposed to, since I specifically didn't put my foot down for myself and say, hey, it's time for me to walk away, um, it ended and it, and it hurt so much more than what it should have. So the divorce happened um, simultaneously with my mom, um, her passing, and it literally happened within days of mm -hmm. each other. And I believe that if I would have let go before that. So um, I am dedicated. I did learn that. Um, I really did want my marriage to work. I really did want to believe that this was um, something different that I've never experienced before. Um, so I did learn about myself that I'm pretty hopeful. 
And um, I think I said before, pretty resilient and pretty persistent. So I love that. And you mentioned something that's very important. So you mentioned that you probably should have, you both should have let go, you know, of the relationship at a certain point, but you held on because of other people and things that people were saying and things like that. Why do you think that we do that? It's kind of like, why do you think that we ignore that intuition, that gut feeling, that little voice, and we end up hurting ourselves the longer we stay in a situation that we should have let go of? Um, some of it might rustle a few feathers here, Marianne, but, um, some of it, I believe is tied to, um, religious beliefs, uh, you know, in the Christian culture, divorce is not acceptable. Um, we were torn between, you know, what, what God would want and what do we really need for each other? You know, what do we need? What can we do? Um, he was more reluctant on that part of it, but he also knew that this wasn't going to work either. So why, why did I hold on? A lot of it was fear, fear of judgment, fear of what the future holds, fear of finances, um, the failure piece, feeling like a failure, like, well, this is the second time, um, other people's opinions. Am I still going to be viewed the same? Am I going to be taken serious? Um, people are going to laugh at me. And so for, I think a lot of that reasons, mm -hmm. you know, we tried to push through and, um, on a personal level, I, I don't know why, it was so important, but that was, I guess, going back to something that I learned about myself is that I used to think that it was important what other people really thought of me. Hmm. And so I had to learn how to make decisions based on what I needed and through prayer guidance, you know, being bold and brave enough to make the moves that had to happen, um, regardless of what they look like to other people. And I also I love that. And God doesn't, if your story makes sense to somebody, it's probably not God's plan. <laughs> mm. Mm. That's good. You know, and you mentioned, you know, that you work through that. So digging a little deeper into that, you know, again, second failed marriage. How did that affect you as a woman? And I know that you talked about, you know, prayer. What other tools did you use to work through and make sure that, at the end of it, that you come out sane and still, you know, have that confidence and self-love, you know, going through. Um, I don't even know that I'm through it right now, but I can tell you it's been six months. Um, and I think my process is probably a little unique because um, like I, I did lose my mom at the same time. So I'm trying to grieve my mom, but I'm also trying to grieve my marriage. Um, and so maybe I, I, I just know that it's going to be okay. I, when my mom passed away, I got um, a whole different view on life. If I can live without her. So, so backstory, um, me and my mom are super, super, super close. Like we are more best friends. There's nothing that my mom did not know about me 
um, or anybody that I came in contact with. Like she was my person. So losing her was like, oh, okay. Well, if I can do this without her, I mean, I can do anything. So digging really, really deep and, and looking back, I've been through worse than a mutual consented divorce. The other, you know, the piece of missing him and the partnership and, you know, I, I didn't really, I don't really grieve that because that was gone before the divorce even happened. Um, so I think I really just leaned on, on a whole lot of faith and, and knowing that things always work out somehow. And that's kind of still where I am is just looking forward to the future. When one door closes, another one opens. And so, yeah. That's a great attitude to have, you know, very helpful. So what are your feelings and your thoughts on love? Are you still, are you hopeful for love? Are you like, eh, have you given up on love? I can never give up on love, ever. You know, I, I, I don't know what love is, Marianne. I mean, like I do, but I don't. And I don't know if anybody really does. And it's thinking of that, like, so the Bible says one thing, right? The Bible says that it's patient, it's kind, it does not boast. And the dictionary tells us that love is like a deep admiration. So mm -hmm. is it an action or is it an emotion? You know, I feel like it's a commitment. And it's probably all of that, depending on how we look at what love is. Do I believe that I have the opportunity to meet somebody again and, and have a partnership when we speak about it on that level? Like, yeah, yeah, I do, you know, and do I want to? Probably eventually. But right now, I think I'm truly figuring me out. Um making sure that I don't bring anything into the next relationship that might be left over because I'm battling a lot of different issues, um, you know, that, that give me that, that pull and that push. So if I'm not, com I, I can't say completely healed because I don't know what that feels like or what that looks like. I think I'll be in grieving for a long time for my mom but it's so fresh right now. And so next year I might be looking for love or looking forward to love. Uh, this year I'm like, I hope next year I'm ready for love. <laughs> yeah. I think this year is all about finding love or re mm -hmm. not finding, but rediscovering that love for Anani. Right. And I have to, to go through the firsts, right? Mm -hmm. The first, everything without my mom. Yeah. I mean, I have to do that. And um, to be fair, the first, everything without my husband. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what does that first Christmas look like? What does that first birthday? Like I went through my birthday without both of them. I went through Mother's Day without both of them. So, I mean, I have to get from April to April. Um, 
and being able to be, do that without um, depending subconsciously on somebody else to to just make me feel good in the moment. Sure, you can make me feel good for the day, but I don't think that's where healing starts. You know, healing starts within ourselves and not with somebody else. So, so you've talked a little bit about you know losing your mom. Mm -hmm. You know, and you guys, you know, were best friends. She knew she knew everything about you. Can you talk to us? if you're comfortable and you're up to it a little bit about that process and how you're doing, how you're navigating through it. And as you said, you know, there are a lot of firsts that you have to, you know, face, especially, and it seems like now that, you know, fall is here is a lot of holidays that involve families yep. and things like that. So what is that process looking like for you? And what tips would you have for someone that has faced the loss? Well, I mean, I can take you as far as I've gone in September 27th is six months. Um, um, sorry, I, 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 I want to share it. It sometimes gets a little, a little much. Um, so it's been rough. Like I said, Mother's Day. Um, my birthday, my daughter's birthday, my, you know, the little things. So her, her birthday is actually Christmas Eve. Um, and so we're preparing and I say we're as in me and my brothers. So that, that's, that's what I have. Right. Um, and she had us three, one of them recently, which my little brother who has also, very close to me, has moved to North Carolina, um, taken a job. He shared a home with my mom. So he moved and that's where he landed. So when I was talking about detachment, it was just not mom, but brother, you know, a lot of just listening right. to what I'm saying. <laughs> There's a lot of people, a lot of people I had to like, in some way, shape or form, say goodbye to. Um, but with mom, I've realized that I can't expect people to understand. I, I can't expect them to understand that when the 27th comes and um, I did this last month, I didn't look at the calendar. I didn't want to plan for her um, anniversary, I guess, if that's what we call it. And so mm -hmm. I just let the days happen and I was moody and I was miserable. And um, a, like two days later, I was like, well, how ironic is it that it was five months that I just didn't plan for that day. Um, the month after mom died, I, I took a whole month off of work a month. People didn't understand Angela, you a month, like, you know, this is normal. This is natural. This is what people are telling me. It's natural to lose your mom. Yeah. Well, my mom was um, in her early sixties. Like that's not natural, you know, um, I don't know that it ever feels natural to be without somebody that you've always been with. Um, I've never lived life without her. Yeah. And I don't know that people get that part that haven't lost a parent. Like you don't know your life without them if they've been a part of your life. So I, I encourage people, reach out to those people who, who know what you're going through. Unfortunately, some of my best friends had no idea and they didn't know how to deal with me. They didn't know 
how to, they wanted to help so bad that some of the things they said didn't help. Mm -hmm. um, I really just needed somebody to listen and tell me the truth. And the truth is um, what I'm learning is that it really doesn't get, um, it doesn't, it doesn't get easier and it doesn't go away. Um, and so I'm preparing for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've also heard from a couple people that, and I'm only sharing what I've heard because I don't know if it's true and I'm not there, but the second year could be worse than the first because the second mm -hmm. year is um, solidifying that it's really what's happening. Um, so uh, reach out. I've had people reach out and tell me like, oh, I've lost my mom. If you ever need me, call me. Me and my mom were super close, this and that and the third. And, and on a day-to-day, -day, I wouldn't even talk to them. Like it's not somebody that, you know, it's just somebody offering... But don't take that with a grain of salt. Call them. They, mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need to call and say, hey, I'm hurting. Right. And they know what that means. Um, preparation is, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Yeah. And uh, it it does get, it's, it's not, it's, it's, uh, it gets rocky. It's it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. One day you're flying high and everything is great and you're woohoo. And I do it all the time and I'm like, oh mom, yay. Um, but then there's days like, Mom, what do I do? What do I do? And that's the person that I always turn to. Yeah. Um, when my little brother moved to North Carolina, <laughs> We have one heck of a ride and we laughed and we joked like with her all the way there, right? Like, hey, mom, did you see that? Oh, my gosh, she would be killing us right now. Oh, my goodness. We can just hear her saying, you breaking kids, right? Like, this is what she does. But when we got there and everybody says, call when you get there. Let me know you're good, this and that. And we're calling, we're calling, we're calling. But we both felt like, okay, we're missing something. Yeah. Because like. We didn't call mom to tell mom that we're safe. Yeah. And it's an emptiness or like a, it's it, it like for the moment it passes, but you think like the trip's not complete. And so we tell mom. So these moments that you're witnessing, <laughs> these are the ones that, that I have to get through this year. Um, you know, and um, just be a little more. Uh, I don't expect anybody to understand me when it comes to love. <laughs> like I don't expect them to be like, "Why are you crying? You were like, you were, you were just okay." <laughs> did that commercial get to you? Like <laughs> it did. It was yeah. strong. Mm -hmm. It was um, cute story, but not so cute story. Mother's Day. My mom passed away March. And uh, Mother's Day was May, right? Mm -hmm. Best way end of March. And I went out to a restaurant and was having dinner with my daughter. Everything was great. Until I noticed the table next door, the father was taking pictures of the girls with their mom. And I lost it in the middle of the restaurant. Um, for about 15 minutes, mm -hmm. bawled my eyes out. Yeah. And... Um, expect that somebody who's going through that expect it and and i don't know but i could imagine it's probably the same thing with any kind of grief with anybody that you were close to you know you're gonna get hit in unexpected moments and it's okay 
I I was on um, anti-anxiety meds for sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, it doesn't make you crazy. Um, it just takes some time to adjust. You know, and you have a lot have had a lot of adjustments because it was your mom, your husband, and then your brother. Mm-hmm. And even though yes, you can pick up the phone and you can call two of the three if you have to, but it's still a loss because your brother's not right there. You can't just say, you know, meet me for coffee or meet me for a drink or anything like that. Right. Well, and I can't, um, can't call the husband. Right. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm not one to sit here. I I know that his story is probably different from mine. Um, Mm -hmm. but we, there's no communication. There's, there's none, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know if anybody listening to this, um, understands narcissism. Um, but my perspective, my view, um, many would probably agree that that's, that's what happened. And, and I'm glad that I didn't become a victim per se. Um, I'm not going to let those things carry with me. Um, but when he left, he left. Um, he didn't call. He wasn't there. So, you know, anybody who's been through a divorce, don't expect nothing from anybody that, that you have separated from. It doesn't matter. You know, we separated and, and that was that for him. And I, still kind of had a a expectation to that he was going to call on mother's day and say, happy mother's day. Are you okay? Just because we spent years together. Um, but no, no. So I kind of hurt myself on that end, expecting something from somebody that, um, didn't show up. So what else have I learned this season, Marianne? Hmm. Don't expect anything. Mm. don't expect life to be good to you. Don't expect people to understand your grief. Don't expect people to reach out because, you know, they're your best friend. They're your sister. They're your daughter. They're your friend. You know, they're your brother. It doesn't matter. Don't expect anybody to do anything. And you're going to save yourself a whole lot of headache. Even if you, even if they have a title, do you know, like, like I'm a mom. Sure. My kids expect me to do something. And when I don't do it, I mean, they get mad at me, right? Because you're mom. <laughs> right. right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as we get older, we just got to kind of let that go and accept people for who they are and um, be good to ourselves. Yeah. I love that. So shifting gears a little bit, in regards to discovering your purpose as you're facing trials and tribulations, what do you think Anani's purpose is on earth um part of what i'm doing right now right sharing um sharing empowering encouraging you know what i mean like sometimes i don't have the words but through it all uh being i've gone from you know a 13 year old lost little girl uh, daughter of an addict on the streets 
to a pretty secure adult. Um, and I believe that my purpose is to tell a story, to share. You know, nothing we go through is wasted. Ch our challenges are our opportunities to grow, to become better. And so, you know, I, I was uh, also had a conversation the one day that made me laugh because I said, man, I really leveled up. Like, I really leveled up. Like, I must have mastered all of those small <laughs> things because we on to the big stuff now. Right. Right. So what comes next? Bigger stuff. So like I, I have to get this in check. I have to because there's going to be bigger things. I don't know what they could be, but but there but there is. And um, mm -hmm. so now. I guess it, it just my purpose is to help y'all <laughs> like is to help. And, and I'm a nurse. Right. So I I've always had that drive. So you know, lead guide. And why do you, why, why do you think that some people get stuck in life? Like some people, you know, yeah, someone, yeah. for example, that has faced the, the sort of things that you have faced may still be laying in bed under the covers or may go, you know, fall into addiction because they can't, you know, face, you know, those feelings, you know, those emotions, yeah. but then there are others such as yourself that are rising above and doing the work. What do you think those key elements are? Um, it's, it's a sense of, uh, I don't want to say hopelessness because that sounds so harsh, mm. but just not being able maybe to reflect that in this very moment, this isn't the only hard thing you've done. Yeah. You know, it might be the hardest thing you've done. Um, and, and I was there. I, I, I guess I took a whole month off of work. You know, I don't know how many days it was that I didn't want to go to the grocery store. I didn't want to eat. I've lost um, 25 pounds in the past, probably 30 pounds now in the past six months. Uh, no special diet, no. not visiting the gym, you know, um, but kind of just all free, but, but it happens. I lost my appetite, you know, um, so I'm a bit of subconscious, but I think consciously we really have to understand that uh, this, this isn't the end, you know, this isn't the end all be all. I'm still breathing. I still have life. I'm still breathing. I still have purpose. Um, there's, my kids still need me, you know. Uh, there's people out there that still need me and whatever it is that have put you down, whether it be a divorce, you know, if that's different um, than a death. And, and those are the two that I can focus on right now. The divorce, I could have very well felt like I was a failure. I'm not good enough. I'm, but I already know that before that ended, I put everything I had. I tried my best. I gave it my all and remembering that. You know, with my mom, I guess maybe, you know, it is a part of life, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It's not natural. It's a part of life and, and it hurts. Um, but my mom, you know, she buried both of her parents and mm. she kept going. So remembering, you know, this is, this is not, this is not going to be it. This is not, uh, this is not any 
harder than anything you've ever been through. It's like the same principles are going to apply the last okay. time you were in a situation that you had to get out of. Um, we just have to apply them differently as if we had this toolbox of perseverance and um, confidence and motivation, you know, you just have to apply it differently in different sorts of situations. So we just have to remember like what it is that we're working with and, and it's what we've collected along the way. And if you yeah, haven't collected anything along the way, you have to start collecting now because you're going to need it later. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so true that you mentioned that because I think that like, for example, you mentioned some of the things that you have been through in the past and you've overcome those things. So it's like taking mm -hmm. that moment to pause and reflect and think of, okay, well, I've gone through this. How did I get over? You know, how did I, I overcome that? What tools did I use? What things did I put into place? Okay, let's see how these those things can, you know, apply here and I can use those things here. Right. And what new tools, like you said, what new tools can I collect and put into my toolbox? So the next thing, like you said, something else happens, you know, you're ready. You have that armor. You're ready to tackle it. Learn reflect, move on. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that, um, that we need anytime we're facing any kind of challenge, um, before you go into the challenge, you really need a solid foundation of motivation, you know, um, which for me, I didn't realize that until I started going through this. If I don't have something that motivates me, why, why bother? You know, um, so now that I know that I have to stand on that, you know, like I have to remember that I, I do have things to be motivated for and I do have goals. I have to set goals and it's amazing to me. And if, if you don't have goals, like just it doesn't make you a bad person, but it's it's time to set some one, two goals, because that's what keeps you moving. If you don't have anything you're working for, what are you doing? Um, and I've learned that kind of the hard way. You know, uh, I had goals before, but they were they were pretty basic. Um, but then now, like, I have to I have to have something that keeps me moving, or I won't move. You know, yeah, like, like goals have to scare you a little bit. They have to scare you a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. And they do. <laughs> they do. You know, uh, I met you a few few months ago or I don't know, maybe a year ago now. I don't remember, but uh, <laughs> seems like forever ago. Uh, and we did the book and, um, you know, that was like a bump because I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm, I, I don't really want to put myself out there. Like people are actually going to see me and see who I am. But I have to thank you for that, because now I feel like that's part of that's all my goal process now is like, oh, I like this. I like reaching out once you start talking um, and people start responding and you see that like what you went through is actually going to help somebody else. Like you have to get up and you have to talk about it. And I've had a few different responses. They're like, yes, from the last podcast we did, um, you know, people have reached out. So you have to stay motivated. Have to, have to. You know, and one thing that I learned, you know, years ago, every company, whether it's nonprofit, manufacturing, corporate, whatever, they all have a mission statement 
And I think that it's mm -hmm. important that we have a mission, a personal mission statement. What do we stand for? Yeah, what yeah. is it that we, you know, so you have the mission statement and you have the vision statement. So the mission is what your goals are. You know, what's, who, who are you? What do you stand for? And your personal vision statement are the steps that you're going to take that are going to, it's kind of like a North Star, like a compass that you're going to mm -hmm. guide you to get there. So that kind of like goes hand in hand with what you were saying about, you know, that internal motivation and those goals. Because if you have written the statement, you have to work towards it. Right. Right. I couldn't agree more. And I think the other piece of that is don't be afraid to step into the circles where you feel like you don't belong, mm. you know? And uh, what's that saying? Birds of a feather flock together. together. So mm. if you're with people who are down, depressed, you know, you can't fix them. And eventually you carry on what they have. And I'm not saying don't be there for your friends who have problems. I'm saying, you know, be careful that those are the only friends that you have. Uh, you want to make sure that you're, you know, reaching out like like the community now that I have of like, I never considered myself to be anything of an author, right? <laughs> but I have a great community of women who are building every day. Uh, mm -hmm. Women who have taken on whole new places in life. And to watch them be able to get up and move and put their books out and publish their websites and do their podcasts. And it's like, that's part of the motivation, right? Like if they can do that, I can do this. And right. so if I didn't have that and I only had the people who, when you ask them, what are your goals? Well, to make it to tomorrow. Well, that's a great goal, but right. <laughs> there. like, um, so, I mean, like, I think it's an equal, like, you know, kind of an equal balance because you, you, you take from one and then you try and build the, the next, but you're only really responsible for yourself. So you have to just don't take what other people, everything that all their problems are not your problems to solve. You can put out your wisdom and, you know, they do what they want with that. But really, I think about what you said um, about those people that are in bed that might just not want to get up. And man, my heart really does go out to them. And I wish I could just like go over there and yoke the blanket off of them and shake them and be like, what's wrong with you? Because there's so much more. There's so much more inside you. Those are just lies from the enemy that, you know, the, the more he wants to keep you down, the bigger the plan God has for you. And somebody had told me the other day, like, wow, God must have big things in store for you. Can I tell you, I smile from ear to ear, like, <laughs> hey, you might be right. Yeah. You might be right. So um, hope, you know, stay hopeful. You know, and for the individuals that might be going through something, it's like, we understand it. We get it. Mm-hmm. And just set daily goals. Yeah. Like your goal for today might be to get out of bed and take a shower. Yeah. And eat three meals a day. Yeah. And if you need to get back in bed, then crawl back in bed. But make daily goals. Take Absolutely. a shower. Call someone. That's mm -hmm. important. It is important because you can get really used to like what I've learned is um, without 
my husband and without my mom and with my brother being so far away. Do you know how easy it is not to talk to anybody all day long? Um, my days off is okay if I don't talk to anybody all day long. Um, and sometimes that's okay, but I can really get used to that if I'm not very conscious. And I think it's the same way when we're talking about addiction with drinking or medication, you know, you could really slowly slip into these places and not even realize that you're getting there. Right. Um, so, you know, self-evaluation, reevaluate where are you at and what choices are you making? Mm -hmm. Because when I realize it's been three days since I reached out to anybody, to my best friend or to, you know, anyone, I, I'm like, well, I have to, whether I want to or not, I have to. Because those are the ways that we start to fall into things. You know, we get so involved in work that we don't know when to close the laptop. That we don't know because it occupies the, our time. So before we know it, it's 9 o'clock at night and you're going, oh, start again at 5 a.m. But you do this every day and you're isolating again. You're isolating and you're not facing what's keeping you in that situation right right and right. as scary as it is that's the only way that healing is going to happen is when you purposely mm -hmm. look at that thing and work through it right so that's something that i've learned is i um i take once a week and i go bowling i joined a bowling league right Ooh. um something that me and my brother did last last year but um, when it came up this year, they're like, oh, but is she still going to join? And I'm like, no. And they're like, you're you're not? And I'm like, nope. Nope, not doing it. Not, I'm not going. I don't have my brother. I don't know these people. I don't have a team. I don't want to talk to people. Everybody's going to ask me, "Who? where's my mom? Where's my brother? What happened? Are you okay? What happened? Where's your husband? Uh-uh, not going. And then I sat there for a few days and I'm like, so what else are you going to do? Mm. So what are you going to do? Where's your social life now? And so I sent an email and said, I'll bowl, but I need a team. <laughs> um, and so I've been bowling and you know what? It's, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. Nobody's asking questions mm. that I thought, you know, so it was the, the, in the, head. <laughs> the very real anxiety that mm. was going to keep me home. And rob me of my few hours of social life um, would have kept me in isolation. You know, so that's where the confidence comes in. Like, just, it's okay. You got this. Yeah. Great conversation. So many powerful things that we discussed. And where can our audience learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah, I am on Instagram. Um, just Anani is the handle there. And Facebook is Anani Palante. Uh, still working on that website. I kind of got pushed back a little bit. I don't know what could be holding that up. Um, still working on that. But yeah, you can definitely reach me there. And um, either way, send me a message. I'm very active and I'll be more than happy to respond. Send me a friend request, follow me, do whatever it is you want to do. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. 
Thank you so much for having me back. I enjoy you. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I definitely hope that the conversation with Anani was helpful for you. Make sure that you connect with her. Save this, share it, leave a comment, and especially leave a five-star review so we can continue to impact lives worldwide. And remember that you are a priority and you matter. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Don't forget to leave a comment, be sure to share and subscribe so together we can continue to change lives. I'll see you on Facebook at the Fearless Living Coach page. Until next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.